Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good to see you. I, it's great to be back with you. I love your building you have here, and I love your pastor's thought patterns. And we, we get to talk, you know, and, and we just are going 100 miles an hour about end times. It's so healthy to comprehend where you are in time because you, you get your priorities in order, like, hey, this is it. Let's go for it. So I think it's wonderful that you think like that. And your pastor understands it better than most people I ever meet. So it's cool to be around somebody that uh, get, takes all that in and then feeds it to all of us. So you're blessed. I believe you're blessed. I know you've had a busy summer and your life is super busy, but you've chosen to be here at church on Sunday. So there's, there's something about worshiping him and honoring him. You know, by coming, you're communicating that you love him. And if you weren't able to come, but maybe you're watching online, man, you get all you can get because this is it. How, how blessed are we to watch uh, the scriptures come alive and be fulfilled right in front of our eyes? Are we, are we privileged or what? People go, well, I want to I live in the great days of the move of God. You're living in the great days of the move of God right now. The gospel's going all over the world. I was in a missions conference this last week, and uh, there's no money in our, our uh, uh, envelope that I gave the lady back there because all the missionaries were on my flight, so I waited for them to come off the deal. I, I took every dime I had in my thing, took every dime I had in my wallet because these guys are all missionaries all over the world. And you, you, uh, you, seeing the gospel go, this is a, one of the groups that came off were these missionaries from France. And I told them, when I used to preach in France 30 years ago, people would be clipping their nails. Bored, bored out of their own mind. Now you preach in Geneva or Lausanne or Paris, you preach seven hours on Friday, eight hours on Saturday, and they don't want you to stop. It's a whole, a whole lot different than 30 years ago. I mean, that's what the gospel does. It gets into people to where they were clipping their nails, and now they're going, don't stop after 17 hours of preaching. With an interpreter, they're hungry. So we're blessed as a nation to send the gospel all over the world. You know, I hear people go, well, God's done with America. No, you, 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 you'll, we'll reap what we sow. Come on. Every nation I go to, uh, guess who's there? A crazy American. <laughs> God raised up this nation to send the gospel all over. So I believe we'll reap right here in our land, uh, right before we leave the planet. So blessed are we to watch the setup for the coming of the Lord almost every single week. Something happens and I go, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So this morning we'll go through some things that show us where we are in time. So why would the Lord think it's a big deal to know that? Because once you know where you are, you make changes. You make adjustments. In other words, if you're running a race, I've never seen somebody run a race and they see the finish line and go, oh, I think I'll chill now. No, when you see the finish line, uh, all that labor that you put into practice, you just go for it. Even if you're exhausted, if you're fried, you go, okay, I can at least run that far. In other words, when you can see it, you can go, I, I can give it my all because I can go for it. So the teaching on end times is not an escape theology. It's a hustle theology. It's a go for it theology. So uh, as we get into it, you know, it'll, it'll strengthen you. It'll bless you. And the more you get into it, you see how much he loves you. He wants you to understand all this because he loves you so much. He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to bless you, wants to lift you up. So that a runner at the end of a race is kind of hard if you don't have any energy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So remember, in His presence is fullness of joy. So when you get around Him, He's going to encourage you. I've never seen Him get around the Lord and go, Him go, oh, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm so mad at you. No, He's slow to anger and slow to wrath. Isn't it cool our dad's not bipolar? Amen. I mean, how many of you had a dad that you had to watch out what day you went in to talk to him? No, today's not a good day to run that by your dad. You know how that goes? My mom would go, nah, don't, don't run that by pops today. It's not going to go good. So He's not like that. There's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, there's, there's, there's no time you're going to go to him that he's not frustrated. Wow. He, he's amazing. So how blessed are we that he's watching over his word to perform it in your life? 
So we'll get into a lot of things. It's a lot of info, but that's all right, info overload. Once we get into it, you see the nations move into position, leaders move into position to get ready for adjustments for the coming of the Lord. Everything that's happening right now is because God is about to come back to the planet. And what an amazing time. I mean, it's just, and I've seen, uh, you know, preaching on end times, more miracles than when I preach on miracles. I mean, I preach on end times and people get healed. It's just crazy. I was in Alma, Arkansas uh, a while back and I had a word of knowledge that, uh, had several word of knowledge that morning, but there was a young man there. He's probably about 17 years old. He was saying about me, he's a con man, he's a con man, and this is all BS. He came back to the service that night, which I'm kind of amazed he came back if he thought that. And I had some words of knowledge and I called out once, so there's someone here, something like a bomb went off by your head. And that young man had Tannerite go, right, go off right beside his ear, lost his hearing. He said, when I called that out, something got sucked out of his ear and his hearing came back. Hearing came back. He came down in front of the whole church crying. He said, I said, this man was BS. He was a con man. And here the Lord loves on him and heals his ear right there. I can tell you story after story after story where the Lord wants to show his goodness and his kindness. I was in Matinalette's church in Hartford, Connecticut. I had a word of knowledge that a guy was in a car wreck. He was in a, hurt his neck and his back. I said, you're healed. At the end of the service, you know, because I don't call people down. I used to call people down just because of time. I just say, you're healed. This man came down. He's probably about 25 or 30. He walked down. And he goes, hey, 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 what do I do with this? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I was in the car wreck. He said, man, I can move my neck, move my back. I said, well, just enjoy it. It's yours. I mean, he, he really didn't know what to do. I said, it's, it's okay. Uh, just you know, enjoy it. And his girlfriend came over to me right then. She said, you don't understand about my boyfriend. The whole time you were preaching, he said about you, he's a con man. He's a con man. So why does everybody think I'm a con man? That's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> I'm here actually to get into the Word, not to con you. So, so God's so merciful. There's people there that are mad at the preacher, and, and the Lord still loves them and blesses them. I can tell you stories for days on end, certain miracle after miracle after miracle, because of His goodness, His mercy, and His kindness. So let's get into that today. Grab your Bibles there, and you just turn where you think y'all turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Why don't we go to Matthew 24, and we'll pray, and we'll get right into this. And I know you know it so well, so that's, that's wonderful. So let's get into it. And, uh, uh, and I love your pastors and their family. Uh, uh, I'm so blessed. I have a wonderful wife. I have an absolutely be beautiful daughter and son-in-law and two grandkids. I have a grandson that's four, granddaughter that's two. That if uh, you know, when I get to see them, I have to do, uh, what do you call them, rock star drinks, Red Bull. I have to drink everything there is that's got enough caffeine to keep up with them. Because from the time they get out of bed and the time they go to bed, it's full speed ahead. Praise the Lord. So, so I'm, I'm super blessed, super, super blessed to have such a cool family. And uh, you're blessed because you've got such a great church here. Isn't it great that you, you, you feed in times? That's so wonderful. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness, Lord. We're in awe that you let yourself be beaten. You let yourself be killed in such a radical fashion that you gave your life. So, Lord, we, 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 we thank you for, for giving your life for us. Help us walk in the full measure of what you left us 2,000 years ago. I thank you for blessing every household in this church, Lord. This would be a, a great season of ease, a great season of peace and joy in their homes. And, Lord, we take, a, take up the mission in this hour of what to do just before you return, and that's to get the message out. Get as many people born again as we can, Lord. Help us. Help us be harvesters. I thank you for what you have on this church, Lord, the grace upon this church. I ask you to amplify their voice in this hour. We thank you for uh, your bidding being wrought right here in this building, Lord. Souls swept into the kingdom right here. And Lord, as we see all these things that are transpiring, what your word says about your return, 
Uh, may it encourage us, strengthen us, and bless us. Give us a renewal of hope, a renewal of energy, and a radical expectation to see you face to face. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. amen. Turn there to Matthew 24, and as we go there, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about why we get into this for a minute. Think about for every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, eight times more about the second coming. Okay? So there's a lot of information in there about the second coming. Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. Almost every book talks about He came and died, God raised Him from the dead, and He's coming back. So there's a mentality of He's coming back, coming back, coming back. Jesus never really rebuked the crowd. He rebuked the Pharisees over and over and over again because He couldn't stand that, that haughtiness. You know what I mean? So He rebuked them over and over. The only time He ever rebuked the crowd, He said, Hey, you can tell what the weather's going to be, but you don't know your hour, your visitation. So it bothered him that they didn't know. He said, well, you're such good weathermen, but you're not really spiritual weathermen. And then you remember when he walked into town and those demons began to cry out, have you come to torment us before the time? And isn't that something that demons even knew that he was on a schedule, but he was early. So if demons could know the schedule, how much more the church? So if the Lord committed to have one, a whole tribe in the Old Testament to have an understanding of the times to know what the children of Israel ought to do, indicating if you don't know what time it is, you don't know what you're supposed to do. Just like a runner. If you don't have any markers, you don't know how much to exert. My daughter in high school, she was a cross-country runner. She would train about five, six miles a day. I would train with her on my motorcycle. I was right there beside her. And, uh, I would be tired after she'd do her five miles, and she wouldn't even be tired. Now I'm on a motorcycle. But you know what? I'd go to her cross-country events, and the first mile marker, I would run way ahead of her. She'd come running up. She'd go, how far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got three more miles. Pace yourself. I'd cut across the field. I'd get to the next mile marker. She'd come running up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I said, Lauren, you got, you got one more mile left. I was always trying to show her where she could get to to exert her energy. I'd get to the last mile marker. She'd see the finish line. She wouldn't say, how far, Daddy? She saw it. When she saw the finish line, I could see the change in her face. Like, man, all that training's for right there. So the markers are there to show you, I don't need to exert it all. The early church, they didn't need to exert it all. They did a great job. But man, when you come down, you have a couple minutes left. It's just like a football game. It drives me crazy. I'm a, I love college football. But if I watch the, the quarterback not be looking at the play clock, it freaks me out. Like, dude, you have no time. Don't, can you, you, when the quarterback comes back to the play, huddle, do, 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 do. no, hello. I mean, the seconds are ticking away, and it's crucial. It's crucial to get the playoff before you lose your time. So the church has to get that kind of mentality because in the past we've gone like, eh, i got time tomorrow to do this. We're coming into that season where we don't have a lot of more tomorrows. And that kind of is freaky in itself, but we're about to see the king. We're about to be caught up. We're about to be raptured. Two different events. We're going to be caught up to meet him in the air, and then we're physically going to come back with him at the second coming. Hallelujah, on white horses. I guess we go to a horse flying school for a couple minutes up there during that seven, during that seven year period, but I'm in. I, I just believe God, my horse will be fresh, have a good GPS, and he'll know he'll know his bearings really well. Here, wouldn't you hate that your horse just goes flying off? I'm on Saturn. Where's everybody at? Everybody's at the Earth, Joe. That would be a bummer to watch this light go down toward heaven. Hey, come on, dude, let's get over here. So I'm praying he'll be a good horse and, and keeps his uh, you know his guidance systems good and everything. So. I mean, wonderful things ahead, wonderful things. And even the rapture is not an ending, it's a beginning. You know, I hear people go, oh, I don't want the Lord to come back because i got so much in my heart. Of course you do, because you're going to live forever. Amen. I remember, I remember giving my guitar away in a service, and uh, uh, I was in the service up in Connecticut, 
And I went to the guitar store to find me a cheaper guitar because I'd given a Fender Strat away in this service. And uh, as I was walking in the guitar store, the Lord said, why don't you learn how to play every instrument? You're going to live forever. Man, that messed with me. I was like, oh, wow. Mm, just kind of like, dear Lord. So, so we're, we're blessed. We're about to be caught up. But you're, you're tasting of the powers of the world to come. You're, I mean, so if, if tasting of it's a wonderful, how much more enjoying it? So there's going to be a fulfillment in all of our lives for that thousand years. You're going to be blessed. Wonderful. So wonderful things ahead. I say that uh, because you're, you're writing your resume for what you'll be doing during the millennium. Amen. So we're blessed. So grab your Bibles there and go to Matthew 24. And Jesus is going to give us a little introduction here to, to some things that we can look at to see how close we are. Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And I like this. He's, as they sat upon the Mount of Olives. Now if you're there at the Temple Mount, the Mount of Olives is just over here and you're looking at the temple. And it's ominous. You look at that temple and go, wow, that's the Lord's address forever. I mean, you say, well, I'm going to mail the Lord a letter right there is where you're going to mail it right there. That's, his, that's where His throne will be. So it's just amazing. So they're sitting right there looking at that. And as they looked at that, the disciples came to Him privately going, hey, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Now, the end of the world there, that's a bad translation. It's the end of the age. The world's never coming to an end. Jesus is going to come back and save the world, going to stop war. So here they ask him, hey, what's it going to look like? So remember, he's talking to Jewish boys here. So he's going to tell them what it's going to look like right before the second coming, not the rapture, right before the second coming. So there's some things you can look at to tell uh, even how close we are to the second coming. So watch what he says here. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. So in your Bible, Mark at verse 9 is when the tribulation starts. So he's, he's answering their question by telling them literally what symptoms of the tribulation are. And then he, he talks about the tribulation. So isn't that sweet of the Lord to give them a seven-year period to, to get, the, get them to have their heads up? Like, heads up, something's coming. So here he said, all these are the beginning of, of birth pains. We don't use that word really anymore. We use the word contractions. How many of you ladies, when you start having contractions, they started getting severe enough that you knew it's time to go to the hospital? I mean, it, you didn't, it wasn't rocket science. You go, something's up. In other words, it got so severe that it took over. Jesus is saying there will be some things on the earth that are so severe you can't ignore them. Like you couldn't ignore COVID. Come on. There's things happening on the earth you couldn't ignore it. I mean, you know when, when, when a lady's getting ready to have her baby, those contractions get so radical. I, I remember going, we're getting to the hospital and we're getting there right now. Amen. Well, there's an urgency that gets on you because yeah. something's coming. But you know what? Uh, after a baby's born, I've never seen a, a lady go, those were the best contractions I've ever had. <laughs> No, no, you don't focus on the contractions. What do you focus on? The baby. So he's telling you here something's coming. The kingdom's coming. So don't focus on all the damage that's coming. Focus on the good things. There, there is no bad news for the church. Even for the world here, there's some bad things. But he even tells the world to get some things in focus here. It's going to be bad, but I'm coming. The king is coming. Focus on the kingdom about to come. But we're blessed. This is, this is symptoms of the second coming. So we're going to leave seven years before that. So thank God. We, we see a lot now, but we, thank God we don't have to be here during that seven-year period. Wow, glory to God. He's not appointed us to wrath. 
I hear people get mad. They go, well, you've got to go through the trip. How many of you were thinking about getting married to your wife? You go, honey, I love you, but you're going to have to go through hell for seven years before we get married. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'll just make, I'll see if you're ready for me. Wouldn't that be weird? I, most ladies would go, what? <laughs> i got to go through seven years of hell before we get married? No. And people go, well, there's tribulations to get everybody uh, holy. No, if going through hell made us holy, we'd all be glowing in the dark. Isn't that right? Come on. <laughs> No, what, what makes you holy is the blood, the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, and if that was true, he'd have to resurrect every generation and make them go through the tribulation. So, tribulation doesn't make you holy. Tribulation makes you tired of going through hell. I mean, just like circumstances. Circumstances get you where, where you, you back away from your boldness. Isn't it wonderful that uh, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world? Come on, you're a born overcomer. It's your nature to overcome. Hallelujah. You could preach on that for a while. Hallelujah. All right, so, uh, so he's showing us here what it's going to look like. So we'd have a heads up. So we'd go, I had no idea. Well, it's pretty obvious when you look at the earth right now, something's up. I mean, I was telling pa Pastor Tony, we, I was in a church in, uh, up by New Jersey, and there's a, a teacher in the classroom there. They have two girls in their class that think they're cats, so they have litter boxes for them. And I'm like, excuse me? I mean, years ago, that, that person would be considered crazy. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be blunt, but they, nutso, loco, cr nut, nuts. And now they've championed it by saying, oh, that's wonderful. And they meow when they're saying yes. Well, there's so much going on right now that if you, if you can't tell there's something weird happening, that something's wrong. <laughs> there's a lot of weird happening all over the earth. If you got into all of it, you'd be like, wow, these are the days of Noah. These are just like the days of Noah, corruption and violence. So let's go look at some more. Grab your Bibles there and go back to Isaiah. Let's look at why we get into this. And I know you know this, but it's just healthy to run through this for a minute. It shows you how amazing our dad is. Look at Isaiah 46. These are some of the best verses in the Bible. Look at this in Isaiah 46. It's page 819, if you've got a Bible like mine. He says here in verse 9, this is a, a, one of the best witnessing tools that you have right here. Watch these two verses will help you be a better witness. Look at verse 9. He said, For remember the former things of old. I'm God, there's none else. I'm God, there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He said, Okay, this is how you can tell I'm God. I'm going to tell you the future before you get there. This is the only book that gives you future. You can talk to a Muslim, their book doesn't give you future. You can talk to a Buddhist, their book doesn't give you future. He said, this is how you can tell this book is authentic. I'm telling you things that happened before they happen. Okay? Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel would be regathered. <laughs> Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come. Came exactly to the year. So we're blessed that our dad knows everything. <laughs> And the Bible says in the millennium, he'll answer you before you call on him. How cool is that? You talk about prayer, getting ready to pray, and there's the answer before you can pray. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I was just about to ask for so-and-so. You don't have to ask for it now. It's here before you can ask for it. Amen. That's amazing. So listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible. I know that you know this, but this is just remarkable to show you how wonderful the Bible is. Listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible. It will give you the entire plan of redemption. Okay? Adam means man. This is pretty cool. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Meheliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings a despairing rest. 
the entire plan of redemption with the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. It gets even crazier. You can go on YouTube. There's a guy that's about a minute, and, an hour and four minutes. Uh, he'll give you with the word beginning. The first verse in the Bible gives you the entire plan of God. I mean, you better have some coffee before you watch that because I'm telling you, it's, it's shotgunned at you. But it's incredible. I mean, it's just like you sit there and go, how could this be so amazing that one word could give you the entire plan of God? Well, this is wonderful that our dad's watching over his word to perform it. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Come on, it's, it's in you. Hallelujah. So let's go look at a little bit more. Go over to Luke. Let's look at some signs this morning. Uh, look at Luke 21. And, and I know that you know this as well, but Jesus is going to make it super clear how close we are. So what would be the purpose of that? Because he loves you. <laughs> he wants you to have a heads up. I mean, when you got married, can you imagine... Wouldn't it be weird when Colleen and I got married, if I'm standing there, you know, she comes walking up, she's in that beautiful dress, and her dress is all dirty, she's been rolling around in the mud, I'd be like, that's weird. Well, she comes walking down the aisle, you know, and I'm standing there. Wouldn't it be weird if Colleen was going like this? Oh, my God, she's all bowed over. I'm getting ready to marry that guy. Here we go. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> now, I would be like, man, you're not that excited for, <laughs> before you get married here. Now, how many of you are excited the night before you got married? Should have seen a few hands there going... <laughs> Everybody's like scared. Do I really commit to this? <laughs> it's okay. You know, they don't know where you're going with that. It is good to be excited for the night before you got married. Amen. I mean, how many of you the night before you got married is like, my God, it's tomorrow. No. No. If that's what it was, you've had some wrong info. Come on. So no, there's an excitement. There's a joy. There's an expectation. The whole thing about preaching on the coming of the Lord is to strengthen you and to bless you. I'm in awe. You wouldn't believe how many times I'll finish a service and a woman will walk up to me crying. I've been lied to my entire life. I was so afraid of the coming of the Lord. Man, 20, 30 years ago, you teach on the coming of the Lord. All we thought was, ah, it's all bad. He's coming back and he's going to kill everybody. No. He's, he said, I'm coming back and my reward is with me. So how sad that it got twisted about him coming back was scary. I know a guy that has a massive church. You know what he said? He goes, oh, I can't preach on end times anymore. It scares my people. You know what I said to him? Then you're preaching it wrong. There is no bad news for us. If you hear end time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. Someone gets their groups out of order. I watch them on TV all the time. They'll take a verse out of context and it's not talking to the church. It's talking to the world or talking to the Jews. Talking to you and I, he put all that madness on Jesus. He's looking at you through corrective lenses. They're stained in the blood of Jesus. You're, in, in his eyes, he's already presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. I can't help it, but he quickened me. He raised me and seated me at his right hand. I can't help it. I could be the most ill-advised, Ill idiotic, witless, brainless, but you know what? I can't help it. That's what he did. I had nothing to do with it. He quickened me and raised me, and then He seated me in heavenly places. So we're a different group. He's not, he's not grading you, not critiquing you, not judging you. God's amazing, amazing how kind He is. So let's go look at this. The Lord's going to make it super clear here. Look at Luke 21, and we'll look at some things that show us where we are in time so we can make adjustments. And we can get our joy uh, ramped up a lot. Luke 21, verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles or nations until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus you know, he makes this super clear. Like when you see Israel get Jerusalem back, time's up. 
I mean, it's radical. Everything revolves around Jerusalem. If you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything revolves around that piece of real estate. How many of you ever sold real estate? What's the deal about? Location, location, location. I mean, the Bible says Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. You think about the capital of Israel got moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's a big deal, huge deal. You think how, how the devil's so stupid. Uh, he, 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 in the old city, you can go uh, where everywhere Jesus did something amazing, the devil put a mosque. Okay, what happened right there? That's where the, uh, the, where the whipping post was. There's a mosque right there. Go over here. What happened? There's a mosque right there. What happened right there? That's where Jesus was raised from the dead. You go to the Temple Mount. There's a mosque. And in, it, in the side of it, it says in Arabic, there is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Because there is a Son of God. came and died. God raised him from the dead. So the devil's so stupid, he did something, put a mosque. Everywhere Jesus did something important, all it did was give you a tour guide. I'm not that bright, but I can go, hey, Jesus must have done something cool right here. That's right. Every single place. Lucifer wants that piece of real estate. So Jerusalem is a big deal. So, so the Jews get Jerusalem back in 67, 1967. The generals that were in the military, amazing. The, the, the uh, Israeli generals, each one of their names. One, Isaiah says that a young lion will free them and return to them, and a lion will. Uh, their last names meant lion and young lion. Guess what gate they went through? They went through the lion's gate. Jerusalem was one back in 67. Absolutely the most amazing thing. They were outnumbered. All those nations came against them and they were outnumbered by so much and Israel won despite all the odds that were against them. You know the stories. There's several. There's several really cool ones, but you can find them on Against All Odds on YouTube and you can see the videos of all of them. They interviewed the guy I'm talking about right here. There were 88 Egyptian tanks at one time coming down right on Israel. 88 Egyptian tanks. One Israeli cook he said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. He hops in a tank, an Israeli tank, one tank, figures out how to load shells, and then starts firing shells at 88 Egyptian tanks. All of a sudden in the morning, Egyptian commander comes out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest-ranking officer. That cook said, highest-ranking officer, it's just me. And that and, and, uh, and uh, uh, that, is, that Egyptian commander said, oh, no, no, no. The whole night the countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white on the front. You've been shelling us all night. We can't take it anymore. I was, the last time I was in Israel, the Saudi Arabian newspaper came out and said, we still don't understand how Israel won the Six-Day War. And they attributed it to the, the men dressed in white on the front of the tanks. They were angels. And the guy, the, the cook, goes, I don't, this is what he said. I saw the interview. He goes, I don't even believe in this stuff. <laughs> so it's not like he's just, it's not like he's this great believer. I tell you, I knew the Lord would come through valiantly. No, he said, I don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. Look how cool God is. God bypassed that guy's unbelief and still blessed the nation by, by a guy not even knowing how to load a, 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 a shell in a tank. Why? Time's up. 1967. There's a big deal about that because in 1917, a lot of stuff happened. And 50 years later, one jubilee, Jerusalem's won back. What happened in 1917? Let's talk about it for a second, and then we'll get to the main part here. This is a big deal. Last year, you had a movie come out about 1917 because it was World War I. Remember? So what happened in 1917, Allenby, an Australian general, his last name was Allenby, he comes flying into the land of Israel. They passed out leaflets before he came. Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming. Well, they didn't know in Arabic his name means a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. 
So you know what? They just said, well, they didn't fire a shot. They said, well, we can't defeat God. So the Turks dropped their weapon. The land got turned over to Israel in 1917. It's called the Balfour Declaration from England. Okay? Same year Kenneth Hagin was born. The Lord appeared to his mother, told, him to, told her to name him John. She goes, I don't like the name John. I like the name Kenneth. Don't you love that, arguing with the Lord? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that name. So uh, she, the Lord told her he would have a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming. Not everything, but a part. I mean, the Bible schools all go this fall. I'll go back to the German Bible school. I went there the very first year of its existence in 1992. There were seven students. Now there's hundreds of students. They're all on fire for God. It's absolutely amazing. So Brother Hagen, with no fanfare, <laughs> no flash, no fanfare, sowing the word, sowing the word, sowing the word, sowing the word. In that Bible school in Geneva, I sit there and, and go, my God, these students are so hungry for the word. And it's all a byproduct of Brother Hagen. You know what Hagen means in the Hebrew? One, to go before, to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. John the Baptist's definition in the guy's last name. His first name was supposed to be John. There's the church I attend in Tulsa, Mark Brzee's church, World Outreach. There's a, a woman evangelist that died a few years ago. They defibrillated her and got her back. She was in heaven talking to Jesus. She saw Brother Hagin. She goes, oh, look, Kenneth Hagin. And Jesus said, you mean John? <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's like you're supposed to be John. You're going to be John. So, but, but quietly, uh, quietly amazing. And you think about this, that back there in the late 80s, Brother Hagin was praying for rain for Europe. You could go to the Rama campus and there were prayer meetings during the week, pray for rain. For 86 through about 89, praying for rain for Europe. Well, Mark Brzee had this building. We would go over there and pray, and we would pray out John's legs to the east. John's legs to the east. That was talking about Brother Hagin's ministry going into Europe. Well, guess what? Mark started all those Bible schools. Listen to their last names. Tony and Patsy Caminetti went to Italy to start a Bible school. John and Michelle Grunwald went to Germany. That's my sister, Michelle. Uh, Chuck and Sheila Banks went to England. Tim and Vicki Kilstrom went to Sweden. All their last names were indicative of the nation they went to. John's legs to the east. It's supernatural. Jesus is about to come. I mean, it's crazy. So all this stuff is happening because we're at the end. So go a little further. The Lord's going to make it even clearer. This is clear that Jerusalem gets one back. That's a pretty cool deal. You know, he didn't say there's going to be a guy named Earl in the middle of Iowa. When he gets saved, you'll know I'm about to come. No, he had a city get, get brought to them so it would be obvious. So look at verse 29. You know this so well. He said, look at the fig tree. Now, the fig tree is the nation of Israel. Just like in the Old Testament, Methuselah was their timepiece. How'd you like to have a name that meant when I die, you all die? <laughs> How, how, how'd you like to have a name to go, when I'm toast, you're toast? You know, Methuselah gets a cold and everybody checks on him. You okay? Everything all right? You got food? How's it going, buddy? Well, he was a walking timepiece, and we know the year that he died, what happened? The flood came. Can you imagine Noah? Can you imagine Noah up on the ark? He's preaching. Nobody believed. They mocked him. But when those animals started lining up, you'd have said, hmm, something's up. I can't hardly get my golden retriever to jump in the truck. Can you imagine trying to herd that many animals on a boat? You, I hope people were going. I hope people said, "Are you seeing this?" Yeah, they all lined up and got into a line two by two and climbed on that boat. I'd have been going, "Something's up. This is weird." Well, Methuselah was a timepiece for them. So Jesus is saying here, Israel would be your timepiece. Okay. So watch what he says here. He said, "Look at Israel, verse thirty. When they now shoot forth or bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand." He said, likewise, I like this, just as bold as you are about that. And, you know, this spring, 
I live in Tulsa, and I never really get to see this because I'm on the road all the time. Last year, I was in 49 churches out of 52 weeks. And you, you get home, and the trees have already turned. Well, this year, I, was, I watched them seemingly bud right in front of my eyes. I'm like, this is so cool. Well, I didn't go, oh, my God, what's coming? No, I, the summer's coming. It's not rocket science. I know when the trees bud, there's a temperature change coming. Jesus said, likewise, just as bold as you are about the temperature change, when you see Israel regathered, you better wake up. Something's up. So watch how he says this. He said, likewise, when you see these things come to pass, no. You ought to circle the word no. He's not telling you this so you wonder. He's not telling you this so you sense. He's not telling you this so you perceive. He says, I'm telling you this so you can know this. Know what? And then he goes on to say, know that it's nigh at hand. Watch, look what he says. You can know that it's close or nigh at hand. That's good. But the next verse, he's going to get even bolder. Not just nigh at hand. He says, verily I say unto you, this generation will not pass away to all fulfilled. What generation? The one that sees Israel regathered and Jerusalem won back. He said, the group that sees those two events, tag, you're it. I hear people all the time go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. I mean, I, and people all the time go, well, I'm not comfortable with that. It don't matter. I mean, that, the, he didn't say if everybody's okay with this. Can you imagine Jesus going, I hope I don't offend anybody, but you know what? If you see Israel regathered and you see Jerusalem on back, I hope that's okay because that's kind of how we have to preach it nowadays because people are so fragile. Oh, I said something to offend you. Can you imagine Noah getting up on the ark? I hope I don't offend anybody. I bet Noah preached so loud, people were like, man, where did that voice come from? You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine Noah going, is everything okay? You know, we got a flood coming. Everything okay? <laughs> that would be so weird. What? What would you say? I said, there's a flood coming. No, I bet Noah was screaming. He was a preacher of righteousness. So how blessed are we to watch the two main things happen that tell us where we are? Because, I mean, my book's got 80 signs. You know what the guy that was doing my book for Harrison House, he, he was a preterist. He thought we are in the millennium. He said, you know what? We're fact-checking you, and all this stuff is real. I said, do you, think I would, do you think I'm smart enough to come up with this stuff? This has all happened. I'm not smart enough to come up with all this. He goes sign after sign after sign. I said, I know. I said, well, we're writing a book. It's like it's in your face right now. Boom, boom, boom. So the number one thing is Israel regathered. Number two, Jerusalem won back. Jesus said the group that sees that, that's the group I'm coming back for. How blessed are we? Man, so then you run through all the rest of them, you're like, wow, sign, 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 sign. Jesus is coming back. So watch what he says in the next verse. Heaven and earth will pass away or, or change or be altered, but my words will not be altered. You can't change this. You're it. And then he goes, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves, verse 34, that at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of life. So that day comes upon you unaware. So he warns you. Don't be so caught up with what's going on that you don't even recognize the signs. You can be so busy you don't even see it. And the message, don't get mad at me, the message Bible says uh, uh, you, can be, you can be shopping so much. That shopping could get you so busy that you didn't even know Israel's regathered and Jerusalem's going back. I didn't say that. I'm quoting the message Bible. Okay, don't get mad. And what do we do now? We go on Amazon. We go to the mall. And we're just shopping. It's consumerism. That's what runs the whole tribulation period. It's consumerism. You can't buy or sell unless you get a mark. I mean, this week, a buddy of mine paid for his groceries at, at Whole Foods with his, his, hand, his palm print at, at Fresh Market in Tulsa, Oklahoma with his palm print. I'm like, wow, this is it, man. We're there. A buddy of mine in Jacksonville 10 years ago paid for his groceries with a chip in his wrist. 
I said, it won't read that. Boop, read it right there, paid for it just like that. People are going to do this for convenience, but it's going to be what the devil's going to do to control the earth. You can't buy or sell unless you take this mark. I told my buddy that went to Home Goods, I said, you have the mark of the beast. No. <laughs> just kidding, come on. Well, it got quiet when you said that. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo that says 666, you know, and it's, it's one of those uh, tattoos that comes on when you, when you warm up, you know, start sweating. You go, oh, there's, the, there's the mark right there. It's pretty crazy. We were talking about it last night. You know, uh, Iran came up with this new missile that it said would hit Israel in uh, 400 seconds. So I divided it out. You know how many minutes that is? 6.66. It's like, dear Lord, dear Lord. It's all, all that is so real because it's all coming. I mean, there's a reason why people feel that pressure to, 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 to hoard and all that because there's coming a seven-year period that God's going to put pressure on the earth just to get people saved. We, we think of it as judgment, but really, some people are so hard-headed, they've got to have missiles flying at them, they've got to have water turn into blood before they'll make a change. So God's going to have seven years of fireworks to get their attention. I mean, it's crazy that He, he, he loves them so much, it's going to be one thing after another, so that they can't go through that and go, I never knew nothing was coming. I mean, you're fishing, we're not catching much. Well, the water turned to blood. Hello, of course you're not catching much. Are you kidding me? So it'll be obvious to people something strange is happening. So let's look at this. Let's go through the signs. You want to run through the signs for a little bit? We'll go through them because they're so amazing. Now, I won't keep you long. I'll let you go so you can come back tonight. Remember what John Osteen said, who preaches short shall be heard again. So we won't go too long. The Lord told me years ago, I was in Michigan. He said, follow your fathers in the faith. Well, man, my ears perked up. I'll never forget it. I heard his voice just as clear as a bell. He said, follow your fathers in the faith. He said, Kenneth Hagin, John Osteen, and, and George Hamilton. I said, George Hamilton? That's that tan actor from the you know, 60s and 70s. He was messing with me. He was just giving me a hard time. See, he has a personality. It's all joy. The more you get to know the Lord, the more joyful you'll be. You know, you, sometimes you get around some prayers, you know. And I was with some prayers yesterday in the airport. I got to talk to all these prayers that are so cool. I love them. And sometimes, you know, they get kind of downtrodden, kind of laboring, you know. And I said, they said, oh, we're real prayers. No, you're not. If you were prayers, you'd be happy. In His presence is fullness of joy. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right. Start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. All right, so let's run through the signs. Let's go through them because they're so amazing. And they're, they're, they're exciting. There's so many things that have happened even this last year that I go, I go, Lord, this is, a, this is wild. Okay, so you got Israel regathered, Jerusalem on back. Jesus said, the group that sees that, that's the group I'm coming for. The next sign would be the Hebrew language restored. The Bible says just before the Messiah comes, He'll restore unto them a pure language. 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now everybody speaks Hebrew. One guy, Eliehud ben Yehud, said, you know what? We used to speak Hebrew here. We ought to speak Hebrew. Came up with words for fountain pen and airplane because, you know, those are modern terms. Now everyone speaks Hebrew. It's a miracle. Google it. You don't find them speaking Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, none of that. But you hear them speaking Hebrew. Never has there been a language lost like that and resurrected ever in history. Because God said He would do it just before the Messiah comes. So look how cool our dad is. After that, you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. This is huge. Ethiopian Jews, Israel sent uh, C-130s down into Ethiopia and airlifted 18,000 of them out. Why? Because uh, the queen of Sheba, Sheba means seven, went to Solomon after the house of the Lord was complete. What was the number after the house of the Lord's complete? Seven. You have a seven-year tribulation. What did, he bring, what did she bring Solomon? A 666 talents of gold. 
Well, they, they had a baby, and God honored that. So, so he said, I'm gonna, before, when the, right before the Messiah comes, I'm going to regather them. So Israel sends those C-130s down in, airlifts 18,000 in one day. Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said a, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Wow. When CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord is doing, you better lift up your heads. Jesus is coming back. Come on. Amen. So God regathered them. You had the manifest on the plane, 180 passengers. When the plane landed, it had 187 because there were seven babies born on that one plane. Amen. They say, what do you put on their birth certificate? Put airborne. We have no idea what, what <laughs> nation they were in. How'd you, like, how'd you like that? Where were you born? I don't know. Somewhere between Egypt and Israel. So God said he would do that. And when did he do that? Our lifetime, 1992. So Jerusalem's won back in 67. Israel's made a nation in 1948. 1992, uh, the, the Ethiopian Jews are brought out. Pretty amazing. Now, these are things that are so blatant that are just radical. All right, you've got the revival of the Roman Empire. This is a cool one because their capital building is called the United States of Europe now. They have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. All right, you go into their building there in Strasbourg. It's got uh, Nebuchadnezzar. It's got markings from the Old Testament all over it. They don't even know what they are. The, 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 the art in front of the building is a molecule of iron magnified because Daniel saw iron and clay. <laughs> this is even crazier. Google it today. Google it. This is what I love. I was on these different shows, you know, and, and they're, they're fact-checking me while I'm on there. They Googled this. I said, Google the Capitol building. It's not similar, identical to the Tower of Babel. If you Google it today, the, the Capitol building in Strasbourg, France, it's identical to the Tower of Babel. Their slogan is, we'll be our own gods. We don't need any god. It's exactly like what they said at the Tower of Babel. It's radical. What's even crazier than that is, is uh, you have Russia last year rebuilt the archway for Baal worship where the Tower of Babel was, Palmyra, Syria. Because you know what the Talmud says? That's the last sign you'll see before the Messiah comes. When did that happen? Last year. <laughs> I mean, you, it's like sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. I mean, that, 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 uh, e, e, the EU is amazing. We were talking about it last night. Who's the head of the EU this year? They rotate in, in Europe. One year it might be the German chancellor. One year it might be the French president. This year it's Emmanuel Macron from France. Get that name, Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He said, my reign will be a Jupiterian reign. He's gone into Lebanon saying, I'll be a savior to you. He went into Iraq, said, I'll be a savior to you. His name means God with you and the mark. He's a wonderful picture of the Antichrist. He's part Assyrian and part Jew. He's not the Antichrist. He missed a wonderful opportunity. I like to say that. He even looks like the guy in the Left Behind series movie. He looks just like him. I got it in my phone. I got texted to him. I said, my Lord, he looks just like the guy. Now, I know he's not revealed until we leave, but that's how soon we are about to leave, that you could have a guy on the earth that could, you could check off the box and go, my God, this guy uh, uh, fits every single one of them. I'm not saying he is the Antichrist, but he's pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> and then you had the Pope a few weeks ago say there is no hell, two weeks in a row. So when you're saying there's no hell, you're a wonderful opportunity to be the false prophet. So you've got the beast and the false prophet right there. Why? We're about to leave. Okay, you got the History Channel. This, God, this is amazing. Everybody with me for just a little bit? You got the History Channel. Bishop Malachi, they talk about, from the year 1129 A.D. It's pretty crazy. He had a vision of every pope, each one of their coat of arms. 
Now, you know, a, a coat of arms is super detailed if you're like from Scotland or Ireland or England. He saw the coat of arms for each pope, 114 in a row. Coat of arms, very detailed. Some popes were marine popes, some were naval popes, some were praying popes, and their coat of arms showed that. He got the coat of arms correct out of 114 popes in a row. Now, in baseball, if you bat 3 out of 10, you make a pretty good living. This guy got 100%. You know what the History Channel said? That's statistically impossible. Only a god can do that. Guess what pope we have right now? Guess what number he is? 114. That's why you have this pope going, we need to be, have one world religion, one world authority, and one world monetary system. That's what this pope said seven or eight times. One world authority, one world religion, and one world uh, uh, religious system. I mean, you, you see the platform for it. The Abraham Accords are all for that. So you can have a church in Dubai try to, try to make that come to pass. You're getting little bitty entrances of all that right here, right before we leave. So we're, aren't we blessed to see all these signs right in front of us? If you got into air, you could preach on the EU for hours, but I don't have time to get into all that. But I mean, the, the United States of Europe is a platform for the Antichrist. So the Antichrist has already got this place to come on the scene. In other words, what, what if Jesus was supposed to be born in Bethlehem and there's no Bethlehem? It's about five years for him to be born. Somehow there's got to be a Bethlehem there. Well, God raised up the EU. I flew from Norway into France. They don't even sign. They don't even stamp your passport. You're, it's like being in the United States of America. It's amazing. So it's the United States of Europe. So let's, let's look at some more. It's just amazing how God did it so we can tell. Sign after sign after sign after sign. This last year you had foxes on the Temple Mount. That's Lamentations 5.18. Foxes on the Temple Mount. Yet fish show up in the Dead Sea. Yeah. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. When did they show up? Two years ago. Last fall, you had the Dead Sea turn blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Guess what day it happened on? The Day of Atonement. How crazy is that? I mean, that's pretty... I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you're just showing off now. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. Because I preached it on my EDU. I do that video every week, and it's only about 10 minutes. I just talk about what happened around Israel that week. Like this last week, you had the Palestinians' president, Mahmoud Abbas. They don't translate all of his speech because in the, in the, in the uh, Palestinian translation, he said we have to wipe Israel off the map and wipe America off the map. They delete that so the Americans and the Israelis don't hear that. So I talk about what happened that week. So it's just amazing. Every single week something's happening. It's just I, like... So when I talked about that, that the first time when the water turned to blood, I didn't even know it was on the Day of Atonement. Found out two weeks later. I went, oh my God, it was on the Day of Atonement. Okay, you have the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water. First time in 2,000 years. You've got the Temple Mount Institute. If you go into the old city of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount Institute's been there for years. That's where they're training priests. Their last name's Cohen. It means priest. They've been training priests for about 30 years. All right? These priests have everything ready for sacrifice. You can go into the deal. They'll show you a video. This is the coolest thing ever. Get ready. They'll show you a video of the upcoming temple they're about to rebuild. And it's so cool because it looks kind of vintage but kind of modern. And they depict the glory of God, the shafts of light coming out of those windows. Because see, Habakkuk saw him said he had shafts of light coming out of his side. Ezekiel said he's a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. Mm, wow. 
The Bible says that who is this that comes from Edom with garments stained in Basra, radiant in apparel, glorious in strength. He's going to come at the second coming. He's going to come back to Petra. He's going to come back to Basra. He's going to come back to the Valley of Megiddo and he's going to stop war. He's going to rescue Israel like every movie you ever see where the hero comes in at the end of the day. Every movie you see where that happens, that's coming from the Bible. Glory to God. He's going to come back and walk through that valley of Megiddo. I was up on Mount Carmel one time looking down at that valley, and all of a sudden an F-16 comes shooting out of a hole in the ground. There's an underground runway right where the Battle of Armageddon's going to be. I told my buddy, I said, I just saw an F-16 come out of the hole in the ground. He goes, you're crazy. Next thing you know, I heard a jet spool up. Another F-16 comes flying right out of there. I'm like, only Israel would have underground runways right where the Battle of Armageddon's going to be. Jesus is going to walk through that valley. You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, I am the root of Jesse. I am the resurrection and the life. I am he that was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. And the Bible says he will slay them with the words of his mouth. Wow. So what what a view we've got coming for all of this. So the setup for all this is happening right now. Okay, you got you, so the, the the Temple Mount Institute's ready to have sacrifices. They got five red heifers recently. They're flawless. So so the people in Israel, they're like, hey, we got all this stuff. They found the oil of anointing out where the Dead Sea Scrolls were. They needed that. <laughs> they tested it, and it's exactly the ingredients from the Book of Levit- Leviticus. Mm, that's weird, isn't it? No, it's not weird. God's involved here. <laughs> So all this stuff is ready. I mean, you can go look at the, they have the menorah. It's in a plexiglass thing, just like your drum set. It's about that size. It's so big that it's outside. I can't believe someone's not, if I thought like this, I know somebody else does. I can't believe someone hasn't had a helicopter come down and take it. It's solid gold, millions of dollars sitting outside. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So you think about it. You got a group of people that are in position to start having sacrifices, because right after we're raptured, they'll start having sacrifices again. You had the Temple Mount Institute this last spring do a sacrifice on the edge of the Temple Mount. They got arrested. The year before, they didn't get arrested because the chief of police got saved. So why am I saying that? All this stuff is happening. I mean, if you got somebody that's not believing, you got event after event after event, sign after sign after sign to show you this is all coming down the path right now. Pretty radical. So you have many, many more. You've got men will be lovers themselves who have selfie sticks. A guy in California almost got hit by a car, had two selfie sticks taking photographs of himself. How weird is that? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, think, I mean, have you ever thought you'd live in a time where I think I'll take a few more pictures of myself? I mean, how weird is that? So you got a lot of signs. And I'm going to go to the signals real quick because I want to let you go. But the sign, just a couple more signs. You want a couple more? Do I take a couple more? Then we'll go. Well, I got some grunts there. Come on. <laughs> you have Rabbi Ixak Kaduri in Israel. He was the main rabbi about 15 years ago. It'd be like the Kenneth Hagin of rabbis. He had a vision. Jesus appeared to him and said, said, I'm the Messiah. Wow. Took him through all the feasts and showed him how Jesus fulfilled all the feasts. And he goes, man, you're the Messiah. You're the Lord. He gets saved and dies. Before he died, he wrote out some stuff. He said, you know, show to people this a year after I've died because he knew people would freak out. He said, I've come to know Jesus as the Messiah. And he prophesied that Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins just before the coming of the Messiah. Last year, Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Benjamin Gantz ruled Israel. First time ever, two Benjamins ruling Israel. That was prophesied, came to pass. So there's sign after sign after sign. Aerosmith Stephen Tyler got saved. (laughs) 
I mean, so it's like I have that on the back of, on the back of my T-shirts. There's 20 signs so that you can buy. If you don't buy the T-shirt, take a picture of it. But my last sign on there is Aerosmith getting saved. Come on. <laughs> guess guess who led Stephen Tyler to the Lord? I mean, hey, when Bo when Aerosmith when the boys from Boston are getting saved, you better lift up your head. Jesus is about to come. And uh, 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 you think about it, guess who led him to the Lord? Lenny Kravitz, the guitar player. Lenny Kravitz said, you've got money, you've got all this, but you have no peace. Jesus is your peace. So I always say that's the last sign, praise the Lord. So there's many, 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 many signs. There's sign after sign after sign after sign. I'm probably forgetting some this morning, but my favorite one is the predatory birds. So an Israeli ornithologist is on TV about 10 years ago. And she says, the largest gathering of predatory birds ever in history. 172 different species. And I'm like, what? And she said, we don't understand it. Right after the Ezekiel 38 war, right after we're raptured, he calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up again. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. So you got Russia went into Crimea, Russia went into the Ukraine. Why? Because the Bible says the Ezekiel 38 war, they'll come from the north, go straight north of Israel. You got the Ukraine. So Russia's going to come down on Israel, and God's going to knock out 82% of them so the heathen can see that he is God. So you got the leaders of that war. I have pictures on my phone of, of Turkey, Russia, and Iran. Right now, Iran brings missiles down into Syria every single week. There's no news about it in America. Israel does a, an airstrike almost every week on what city? Damascus. Isaiah 17.1 says Damascus will be removed from being a city. Israel's almost having to blow that whole city up every single week because they bring missiles down into Damascus. They retrofit them with better guidance systems so they can hit different places in Israel. I, that's what I do on my end of days update because I can't believe it. we don't get any of that. Every single week that's happening. So with all that, it's in your face. Something's happening about what's getting ready to happen. So how blessed are we to watch it unfold right in front of our eyes? Much more that could go with that. You could... You could get into that. Okay, the fertility of the land of Israel. Listen to this one. I want you to get it. A man named Mark Twain was there in the land of Israel in the late 1800s. He said, the land is so desolate it won't support life. Yet Israel produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. A country the size of New Jersey. Wouldn't it be weird if you ate an apple this morning? Made in New Jersey. Ate a pear? Made in New Jersey. Ate a banana? Made you Man, what's up with New Jersey? Israel overproduces. They have more trees than any nation since they've been keeping count. God showed them how to put a tray underneath the bottom of the, at the base of the tree and it collects the dew better. And the trees grow more, produce more seed, and have more trees than any nation on the planet because God said, I'll make them prosper. They found oil in the Golan Heights. One section of the Golan Heights, itty bitty, more oil there than all of Saudi Arabia combined because God said, I'll bless them. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just in your face. Almost every single movie you go to is made by a Jewish person. Almost, almost every radical invention when it comes to the medical field from a Jewish person. God said, I'll bless them. All right, let's talk about the signs. For, we talked about signs. Let's talk about signals. For you, you want a couple signals? Then we'll go. Two quick signals. Number one, you had the blood red moons. How radical is that? Blood moons on when? Passover and tabernacles. What happened on Passover is when he died for us. What happened on Tabernacles? He's going to come back and tabernacle with men. So you had blood red moons. NASA calls it a tetrad. Four in a row. When? On, on Passover and Tabernacles. So the, 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 the moons were going, I died for you. I'm coming back. I died for you. 
I'm coming back. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? Call it Tetra. When's the last time? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel's made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. What did Columbus find? America. What is America? A safe harbor for the Jews. So you've got the heavens signifying this, that this is a big deal. And then after that, you have the Bethlehem star. You don't hear much preached about the Bethlehem star, but guess what? When Jesus was born, you had Jupiter, a king planet. Regulus, Regal, a king planet. Venus, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. All three of them came together at the birth of Jesus. At the birth of Jesus, what was the constellation? Virgo. This last year, NBC Nightly News said we have, a, we have a celestial event, Jupiter, Regulus, Venus, Bethlehem star. What was the constellation last year? L lion, Leo, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. First time in 2,000 years. Oh, that's just a coincidence. I don't think so. You had the eclipse that everybody went to start in a town called Salem on the west coast. Finishing a town called Salem on the East Coast, Jerusalem. The one that's happening this fall in October is going to crisscross right where that other one was in the middle of Illinois, the biggest fault line we have in America right there. I, if you get into everything that happened in 2017, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you don't come in 2017, you missed a wonderful opportunity because there, there was so much heavenly activity. Now you got asteroids. You, you got an asteroid named Wormwood. They named it Wormwood. It's supposed to hit in 2029 or come by in 2029. I was in the Ukraine 35 years ago and said there's, there's, a, there's a, an asteroid going to hit in the tribulation called Wormwood. Everybody gasped. I said, what's that mean? Chernobyl. NASA. Name the one that's going to come so close in 2029, Wormwood. But you have, you have a whole new section at NASA just for asteroids. And what's amazing is every week they go, well, we missed that one, and they find them after they've passed. So what does that mean? It just means there's a change coming. Jesus is just about to come. Aren't we blessed? Man, I'm sure glad you came today.